Okay, welcome to another episode of HR Nightmares, which is sponsored by Leith HR Group. I'm Lisa Leith. I'm a Chief People Officer for Vantica. And you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, Gabby Plumet. I am a People and Culture Consultant with Leith HR Group. And I also do marketing for WorkTalk. We are super excited to have an expert in computers, but also cybersecurity here with us, Robbie Garner. Um, and thank you for accepting our invitation to be on HR Nightmares. Most people get scared. I think it's great. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I've been hyped up today trying to think of some good stories to tell you guys. And and um, just the conversation of HR and cybersecurity is nobody talks about those together. So hats off to you guys for, for putting that together. That's awesome. Cool. Well, HR Nightmares, we started this because most HR people say they're going to write this salacious book with all these amazing stories from their years in the business, but nobody ever writes the book. Um, so what we decided to do was kind of take all of our experiences. And we got a couple of ladies, other ladies that participate in the podcast um, with us most of the time. But today you've got Gabby and I, um, but we like to just kind of share our own perspective on things we've dealt with so that people don't experience HR Nightmares and they can can avoid HR nightmares. So that's kind of the goal um, of the podcast and having guests and experts like you on. Um, so tell us about uh, your business, what you guys do, what you know, what are your offering, small, mid-sized, large businesses, and and how you play in cybersecurity and why you're passionate about it. Sure. So Atlantic Computer Services, we're um, an IT provider in Wilmington. So um, you know, small business owners and managers are dealing with technology headaches. Um, all the time, they're worried about security. Um, how do they protect themselves and their employees? Um, ACS, we, we solve those problems. Um, so we provide services to, I guess, a pretty good range of companies. Um, most companies, 50 or 75 users or less, don't have an in-house IT person. Um, so we're able to come in and basically be their IT department from you know pretty much all aspects of that. And then for larger organizations, we are more or less a, a project company. We'll come and do something specific. And then we also do what we call co-managed IT. So we work with their in-house IT people to supplement and to be a resource for them. So we can manage the back end and they take care of end-user support or we could help them with security. Um, it, we enhance the local IT for those, those types of companies. And that's a that's a big sound part familiar. Of yes, <laughs> <laughs> literally the exact thing that Leith HR Group does for clients. Yeah. So um, working with and being the HR leader in a company that doesn't have them because they're too small, it doesn't make financial sense to go hire somebody to supporting on projects and um, for a larger companies. So cool, cool, cool. Yep, yep. absolutely. Oh my gosh. So IT, my my biggest piece of advice for employees is always like, okay, if I'm giving you a computer or I'm giving you a phone or you're on my office 365 account, guess what? Everything's recoverable and discoverable. So let's talk about recoverable and discoverable and um, how you help businesses. Like usually the only time you're digging up emails and like, you know, crazy text messages is when <laughs> things go very badly. So talk to me yeah. about like when you get involved there. Well, so um, if, if we are involved in a network, there's a lot of logging. There's um, many different ways that we can gain visibility into user activity. And we don't we don't typically do that on a day to day basis. Your your IT folks, whether you're working with an outside company or your internal people, day to day they're not they don't care what you do, but they have the ability to go 
get information and, and, and kind of put together that trail that you're talking about. And, and we have absolutely had an instance where um, the, a, the local IT person was reading everybody's email. Yeah. And, and we were able to. That is basic, HR nightmare, actually. Yeah. We were able to go in there and tell them on what day from which computer. And um, so you, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? um, you're probably too young in your career to like be dealing with a bunch of these IT HR nightmares, but like I'm just going back like 15 years to like um, when we'd speculate that somebody wasn't doing work and they were just on the night shift, like on the computer the whole time. And sure enough, you pull the records and it's like they're on walmart.com for four hours and then they're on target.com for an hour and then they take a break and go to the smoke shack. Then they come back and then they're like, but you can see everybody's web logs. That's super easy. Sure. Um, What's uh, always blown my mind and (laughs) I guess this is being a trustworthy HR person, but like when people just um, uh, drop and run like printouts of someone's email or IMs, um, like their slacks or their team messages or their whatever, like, uh, but I've had really um, interesting IMs between two married individuals, like that were having an affair and then they left it up on their computer for everyone around them to see it. And then somebody went and was like, I'm done with this. I'm printing it out, sending it to HR. I had to go figure out like what the heck was going on. I can't be upset. They're having an affair, but I can be upset that they're like talking about going to Myrtle beach together for like hours and hours and what they're going to do with one another um, on my assets when they're supposed to be working. Um, So that's an issue for me. So like, um, how have you seen just access to all different kinds of technologies get people in trouble? Yeah. So um, what we see a lot of and um, conflicts, right? So conflicts between coworkers. So you mentioned um, that um, you, you've had, I guess, an employee send you some information that's screenshot of, you know, part of a conversation that mm-hmm. was questionable. Well, Maybe there's a whole other part of the conversation that they're not telling you about. Um, so being able to go back and access that stuff is is really important for for HR for for any business owner. Um, and you know, backups. Um, a lot of times when an, a disgruntled employee leaves, the first thing they do is delete all their email. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've got the tools in place, it's not a big deal. You just recover it. So, you know, people try to cover the tracks, and you know, we don't like getting in the middle of that, but. But but honestly, sometimes that's what we're hired to do. So, yeah, a lot of times when people leave under bad circumstances is when you end up having to go and like pull all these logs and emails and texts and IMs because you've been subpoenaed by their attorney or they filed a complaint with like a government agency. And so, yeah, having those tools in place, um, especially where you've got a lot of employees, because the more humans that you put into a place, the more problems that you're going to have. So just like from a proactive standpoint, if I'm a business that's like teetering on the edge of like, should I get some help? Like, or should I have somebody kind of overseeing my IT? Like when is, what would you say is a good uh, couple of questions to ask yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, what we see, uh, I guess what we see with a lot of clients is somebody in the organization is having the burden of taking care of IT. And it's typically a finance finance person, an accounting person that's having to to do this too. Um, So they're struggling on the IT front. They're not IT experts. Um, So 
you know, it's it's when they when they contract with a company like ACS, I mean, it's it's a load off their plate because that's they they're not technology technology experts. A lot of times they don't want to do it. Um, they contract with us. We come in. We have the tools already. We, you know, in short order can can set up a pretty effective IT department. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a that's a that's a really strong um, you know that's a really strong tool that we bring to small companies and then to larger companies that may have internal IT. Um, typically, they're they're maybe not as experienced as the company needs. If it's a bigger company, they have more sophisticated servers and more sophisticated networks, they need somebody with experience. And those people are expensive. So contracting with a company like ACS is we can supplement, you know, your lower experienced person uh, with, you know, nine, 10 people that have years of experience. Yeah. Um, so that that's another powerful, powerful tool I think we can bring to the table. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm so excited to have you because I think that education of the IT and cybersecurity, I think that's really important for employees and, you know, business owners to educate their people. Um, a quick little HR, not really nightmare because I avoided it, um, <laughs> but a personal story that happened to me when I first came on board oh with you guys full time about a year ago. Okay, I forgot about that. And somehow the robots know, FBI knows everything. And so it's it's so interesting how these hackers, these these evil people, right? They know the timing is spot on. So it was my first week into my full-time role with Wayne Hippo and uh, Lisa. And I was getting ready to go on a trip to Napa <laughs> Valley. I'm like, my bags are packed. I was, I took a half day and I got an email right before I le- like was leaving for the airport from Wayne. I, the email was Wayne Hippo at PS Solutions. Um, and it was like, hey, Gabby, like, it might even said like before you leave or something like that. Like before you leave, could you run to Walmart and pick up fifty one thousand dollar gift cards? <laughs> and I, my mouth dropped. I was like, I don't know if I have that money in my account. Like I, I just graduated college. Like I have lo- <laughs> like all, so many things. And I'm like Wayne, you know, like in my head, I'm like, you he know, knows I'm going, I'm going to Napa. Napa. <laughs> Come on, yeah. And so I thought about it. And I was like, okay, I could run real quick before it's like on the way to the airport. And then I just sat and I said you know what, something about this doesn't seem right because I don't think that I know, I know Wayne and I don't know if he would ask me to do that knowing that I'm a recent grad. So I texted him and I was like, Hey, like I got your email. Just wanted to make sure like, is this an emergency? Do you need these now? And like, do you have the funds to give me to go get 50, a thousand dollar gift cards? (laughs) And, um, he was like, no, that's not me. Don't delete that and go on your trip. So I think (laughs) as an employee, I'm sure this happens all the time in your dealing with all kinds of things, links and um, everything. So I'm interested to see, like, how how do you guys help business owners educate their employees or just educate in general about the cyber world? That's a good one, too. Yeah, so so that's a great example. That happens all the time. I mean, that's that's a very common thing that happens. And the reason that it's effective is because of the psychology of it, right? You're Mm -hmm. a new employee. You're coming into an organization. You're... You're, you know, I want to say scared, but, but you know, you, you don't want to make waves, right? So if you somebody asks you to do something, especially your boss, you're going to do it. And that is so effective. And um, when, when you talk about cybercrime, there's just I'm way oversimplifying it, but there's there's the technical aspect, right? So these people know what to do. They, they know the software to use. They 
know how technically to get into your network. Yeah. But then there's a whole other side of this. It's it's all psychology. It's called social engineering. And they know they know the buttons to push on people to get them to do what they want them to do. Um, as technology develops and in security is pushed down to smaller companies, they can now afford it. Um, it's not quite as easy to just jump on a network like it used to be. It still can be done. I'm not saying it can't, but it's much easier for these people to, you know, send out 10,000 emails mm-hmm. and hope somebody clicks on one link. I'm and, just so curious, like, where are these people coming from? Is it like a 17-year-old in Russia? <laughs> is it somebody, like, in Wilmington? Like, is it somebody in China? Like, where are yeah. most of the hackers? So that that's that, a great question. And and I, I've got some slides here from a um, from a, a presentation I did. And, like, these are all things that I, that's on this slide. So thanks for asking all these questions. <laughs> Softball. Um, <laughs> exactly. So cyber cyber crime is a business. You know, it, it's 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 a multi-billion-dollar business. It's not some kid sitting in their parents' basement going after you. They don't care about you. It's it's a country. It's a it's an office building in a country. Um, it's a floor of cubicles. That that's that's the hackers these days. Wow. And, and I had read something recently, and I may not have my numbers just right, but North Korea. It, it said that, or what I read was a large portion of their nuclear program is financed through cybercrime. Wow. So here we are in Wilmington, North Carolina, and we're we're fighting the Koreans, you know, or North Koreans, you know what I mean? I mean that's that's kind of your perspective. You know, you're 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 not dealing with some some kid, some inexperienced person. These things are sophisticated. Wow. Well that makes me feel better. <laughs> All it takes is one, really, and and they're making money. I mean, that is a lot of money. Just doing the math in my head, I mean, it just takes one employee to click that or to go swipe their card. And I had somebody at a client when I was with Leith HR Group. I had a new employee go and actually buy the gift cards and then call the CEO and say, I got your gift cards. And he was like, excuse me? Um, and they always look like it's some coming from someone important that this person wants to impress and make make proud and um, and sure enough, like she spent her own money on it and now the company reimbursed her. I don't know if I agree with that totally, <laughs> um, but you did the right thing. You know, hey, can I verify? Is this what you need? But that's part of the education piece, sure. right? So as as you, you know, from the education perspective, you get in front of your end users and you talk to them about. What are key elements of a phishing email? You know, it, there's always a sense of urgency. You, know, you do this right now. You know, I, I'm in a meeting. Don't call me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sense of urgency. There could be improper grammar or, you know, language issues that you can recognize. And then there are also things you can do, like looking at the email address closely. Um, there could be an extra letter in, in, in an email address or something that you wouldn't notice quickly. Um you know, th- there's there are other things, but there are ways that people can be aware of potential problem. Any email I get where somebody's asking me to do something like right now, I- I'm immediately suspicious. Are you um, double clicking on their email to look at the actual email and scrutinize it, or what, what should we do? Yeah, most of the time you're probably okay looking at the email, or if you're really nervous about it, maybe just look at it on your phone or something. Um, but th- don't click. Don't click any link. Um, if I mean, I, I do this in my everyday life. If I get a notice, a text notice about an account or something, you know, I never click the link. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go log into the portal. Um, 
Like just, Amazon needs a new password. That's right. I, I've been getting a lot from PlayStation. Right. I'm like, mm-hmm. I haven't been in my PlayStation <laughs> account in like yeah. 10 years. So like, yeah. If, so is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some, I mean, I would probably say most of them are totally legitimate. You could click on them and you'll probably be okay. But, you know, I just I just don't click links. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a link, they're taking you to some some account somewhere. And why not just jump on, you know, on the Internet and go to the go to your account yourself? That's much a much safer way of doing it. Right. For mm. sure. And it, you know, this morning, as a matter of fact, I think there was a news story about robo text calls. Oh, did you guys see that by chance? Mm-mm. So robo text calls. Yeah. What's so, that mean? so typically if um, you know, people get texts, they they feel like that's safer than an email. Yeah. Right. Well, not anymore. Um, people get phishing attempts through text now just like email. So you, you really have to be careful no matter whether you're at home or at work, um, it's it's you really have to pay attention to what you're doing, I guess. Well, and also too, like I know I like to get that extra coupon online. <laughs> J Crew, I'm like, okay, I'll give you my email address and start an account, and then you sign up for, it, and then all of a sudden you get text messages like left and right. So you get, I've got a five and a seven year old. I get Claire's boutique text messages and J Crew text, messages. and then so then I'm sure they sell that data, right? Because da- selling data is there's a lot of money in that too, sure. right? And knowing what my demographics are and what I'm buying, and um, and so then I start getting random text messages from from other uh, people that want my money mm-hmm. but uh, and then, and then a Facebook advertisement shows a J Crew yeah. Facebook advertisement shows up wow that's weird lady boxer yeah. <laughs> that, it, it, that you know that part of technology really is kind of scary honestly talk to us about that what do we need to know I, I don't know what is, you know, <laughs> what do you do with that information it's 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 what these companies are selling Facebook I, you know I'm not I'm not saying bad or good but you know, these people sell information. And, and if you're a company that is selling a product, you know, to getting getting information about what your buyers are wanting and looking for, how valuable is that? Mm-hmm. And and that's driving what these companies are doing. So, you know, ethically, I guess you'll have to make your own cho- you know, decision about is it ethical, but it's it's business and and. All of this boils down to business. Is there a way to predict where this will go? Like, I'm just curious. There's, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, yeah. but is there a way to predict? Like, obviously, there's so many advancements every day with technology and with the cloud and with all all these. I'm still learning technology. It's really blown my mind stepping into the industry mm-hmm. and all these different like categories and everything. It just blows my mind how deep and um, complex it is, but is there a way to kind of predict of, you know, where to- technology will go next or just to kind of get one foot in front of like this cybersecurity, like, Hey, just be on the lookout. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's a great question. I, we don't know what we don't know at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what, that's where this technology is going. There, there, a couple of years from now, there's going to be things that can be done that we had no idea could be done today. And, and it's, it's, I think a lot of the drive is kind of focusing in on behavior. You know, there's a lot that people can predict by the things you do, um, good, bad, whatever. Um, and, and I'm sure we'll see more of that. You know, I'm sure we'll see more advertisements focused on you as a person. You know, if I go to these stores or, you know, I stop to Starbucks three times a week. I mean, these companies know that. They know everything. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You're looking and, into my soul. What did you look at my right. calendar or something? Okay. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, I mean, that's 
for, from an employee's perspective, kind of getting back to the HR thing, you know, your your users, your employees have to understand that what they do on a daily basis matters. And um, the company can spend thousands of dollars on security. Um, and one careless user can bypass all of it. Right. Um, so, geez, you know, the only way to 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 fill that gap there is is training yeah yeah and what would be your recommendation on these trainings are should uh business owners managers should they roll out on the onboarding process should it are is there some like regularity to it what's your recommendation there well i think that there's certainly some uh certainly some some key elements of that that you probably do want to have during an onboarding process phishing email identifications um you know um, if you're a company that deals with wire transfers a lot, mm. you probably should have some type of a manual. You know, mm. we go to we go to automation and technology, and now we almost need something that's manual again um, as a as a checkoff. But you know, I think those are the things that a, that a company should think about. Uh, you know, what what are where is my exposure here? And and um, from that, I think you can come up with a couple of you know the 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 top things you should train on, and then over time just you know, pretty much just a security awareness is important. Um, there's, there's, um, there's programs that, that touch every single element of cybersecurity and, and not training. I mean, you're not training somebody about um, software or anything like that. It's just an awareness. You know, if you allow your employees to go home and work, do they have, um, is their network open? You know, do they have passwords on their Wi-Fi? I mean, all these things come into play at that point. So, Whatever you can provide to your employees to let them know why that might be a problem uh, is is good for you in the long run. Mm -hmm. I have to know: Are you a Microsoft laptop user <laughs> or a Mac guy? Uh, well, I, I've got to admit, I'm a Microsoft guy. Um, although I do really like the iPhone, uh, I'm not a, not a Google <laughs> phone person. But um, you know, be before. Well, I, I guess let me take a step back. From a business consultant perspective, um, you see Macs in the business world related to production, right? So printing, mm -hmm. uh, video production, uh, photography, things like that. Outside of that realm, it's rare. Um, you, you may roll into a doctor's office that they've got Macs. Well, that's Like iPads or something? Yeah. Um, but most businesses just aren't there yet. Um, and, you know, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, Macs were really not prone to get viruses. Right. Um, that's changing. Macs are prone oh, to get viruses. So, okay. um, maybe not quite as bad as Microsoft, but, um, yeah, but personally, I'm, I guess I'm kind of a, kind of a Microsoft guy. Hmm. Yeah. That was always like the word was that Macs can't get viruses, but the others can. Yeah. I mean, you know, not true. These days, Mythbusters <laughs> over here. That's right. And remember, so, you know, kind of going back to to the cyber crime, email is email, whether you're on a Mac or you're on a, mm -hmm. uh, a PC, you know, if, if, if uh, something if you click a link and something pops up and you're entering your password information, doesn't really matter if you're on a Mac or a PC. Um, so the, the email element and the people element of technology, it, it doesn't matter. Hmm. So question for you. So I am an employee. I didn't listen. I wasn't, I didn't attend the training or listen to the education from my manager and I accidentally clicked the link. I now have a virus on my computer. What's step one as a employee in that moment? Obviously tell your 
manager. Yeah. Right. But, you know, is it like shut the computer, turn it off? Like what's step one? So if, 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 if you think that you've clicked on something and there's something that could be visual on the screen that you think that's really bad, absolutely turn it off. I mean, you maybe even unplug it from from the network uh, at that point and then let somebody know. Um, again, I think you would be surprised about how um, how many times people wouldn't let their IT know or their boss know. So it's important to let them know because they can stop it. Most of the time they can stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from from the IT person's perspective, the, the department or whatever, they're going to they're going to want to know why that email was delivered in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Why was there a spam filter that could have caught it or there are other scanning tools that could catch some of that stuff? So it's important to know when 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 attacks happen on a network, um, pretty much the, the IT folks are are looking to stop the encryption. Right. They're, they're looking to stop the ransomware. It takes some effort to figure out where it came from, you know, exactly which computer started this thing. Now, with forensic you know, forensic technology companies, they, they can, they can trace it down. Um, so from, from a, from a small business perspective, you know, your IT person knowing that fast is important. Hmm. What fires you up about cybersecurity? <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it, it's, it's the ultimate cat and mouse game, right? I mean, you know, we are protecting companies. I mean, I, I, I love serving my clients. Um, yeah, we fix computers and, you know, we unfortunately have to work with printers. But <laughs> what we love is trying to keep, keep, our, keep our clients safe. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. It's what new technology is being developed and it's happening all the time. That's, um, that's um, well, maybe not necessarily low cost, but, but that's, um, you know, it's, it's a, it makes sense to spend this money to get this mm-hmm. protection. So those are the things we enjoy. We you know, security is a le- you. You look at layers of security. There's not one silver bullet. Um, so if you can make, um, if you can protect a network with many layers of security, can't say that you're never going to get hacked. But you, you got a better chance than somebody that maybe just has an antivirus installed. Right. If we've got people out there that are um, burdened with having IT under their purview or other IT people listening, like, what are some of your favorite uh, ways to stay on trend? Like, do you have podcasts that you listen to or LinkedIn authors that you follow? Like, what, what do you like? Yeah, so there, there's, there's tons of podcasts um, related to cybersecurity. Um, a lot of them get pretty deep. Um, and, and <laughs> quite honestly, I, I kind of get bored with them, too. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a... Um, I, I enjoy reading and, and studying what's happening in our channel. So um, I mentioned a couple of minutes ago that, you know, there, there's all these layers of security. Well, you know, there's there's all kind of companies that are developing security products. Um, I would love to have the time to be able to research them so I could know what I should bring to my clients and what I shouldn't bring. You know, we're considered a managed services provider. Um, so we bring eight, nine, 10 different pieces of software and applications to a client when we come on board. So, you know, we spend our COVID time researching software and we build out a security stack that we, you know, we, we feel good about. Um, that's going to be great for a couple of years. Um, and then there's going to be something that comes along that's better. And I owe it to my clients to, to, to know what that is. So mm-hmm. I try to keep up to date on the newer products that are coming down the pipe. Wow. 
That's awesome. Do you have any stories? What's like the craziest thing that you had to either like revive a computer? Like what's the craziest story in um, how it relates to like cybersecurity? <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, I, I got a few. Um, <laughs> Good. Let's hear them all. <laughs> Uh, so you mentioned the new employee thing. We had a company that we worked with for a while. They were a very stable company, a decent-sized company. They hire a new employee. She gets goes to some website, and, you know, window pops up, and it says, hey, this is your IT folks. Call this number. Well, she calls the number mm. and basically lets them right into her computer. Um, everybody knows if you're a remote worker, especially, your IT folks can, can yeah. you know, remote into you. So she gave them the information they jumped on our computer and nosed around for a while until she got nervous and shut it down. But that was, she was a new, a new, um, a new employee and was, was cautious or nervous about telling her boss. So mm. that, that's, that's one that sticks in my mind actually. So if you're an employee out there listening to this podcast, just talk to your boss. We are, we're big on talking to your managers, having that relationship, having that trust. You should just, if something looks iffy and just double check it it doesn't hurt and i think your boss will be much happier in the long run that you didn't click a link or buy the gift cards yeah (laughs) buy the gift cards some of the the work talk stuff we were working on i think one of the questions that i I posed was you know did you feel comfortable talking to your boss about you know a a cyber incident and i would be interested to see that would be really good data yeah you need to know we can't wait to roll Um, that out yeah so um those that are in the legal and real estate world know that that's um, that's like really a hot item right now. Wire transfers is where it's at in the cybersecurity world. We had an attorney um, in town that we had our tool stack installed on. The employee um, received an email. She got our notices um, that this could be a problem. Um, she called our help desk, and sure enough, we we verified that this was not a good email. She talked to her coworkers, and her coworkers also said, "Yeah, this is not a good email." She does the wire transfer anyway. What? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's not reimbursable. Um, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how much was it? It was a lot. Oh, it was no. like somebody was buying a house, kind of. Oh no. my goodness! Yeah. Um, yeah, so that those things happen. We were we from were, the company's account or from her own account. It was an issue with the buyer that was transferring the money for a real estate transaction. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, You just hope to God you've got, is there insurance for this stuff? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. There's cyber insurance. Um, Cyber insurance has been around for a while, and and we we actually help our our clients go through that process. Mm, Okay. Um, There's questionnaires that you fill out. And I would say until recently, it was paperwork, right? They were asking you a few questions, but it wasn't, don't really know the impact of what your answer was you know what your answers were now it's different you know mm-hmm. if if you're trying to get cyber insurance and you are on an email system with no multi-factor authentication either you're not going to get insurance nobody's going to cover you or it's going to be super expensive right so, so you so, might as well just do it why would we do it and most of the time it's free right um so but it's a pain and it is a pain people don't <laughs> it's a pain. Oh, come on now. I said that. We, were, we were on the right track but um but yeah so so now this stuff is starting to matter and if you answer these insurance questions incorrectly and you get a hack and when you when you file this claim like 
you know, you have to go through um, the insurance company will call in forensic IT people and they'll get to the bottom of what happened. Absolutely. And if they don't they, want to pay. if they find out that you didn't have multi-factor authentication enabled, then sorry, you know, they're not going to cover you. So mm -hmm. stuff is starting to get a little serious, more so than it has been in the past. Yeah. I, I see you've got another story there. Let's hear it. Uh, <laughs> so one of the things... Um, one of the things in in the IT world is compliance, right? So if you're a if you're a doctor's office, then everybody knows about HIPAA, or you have an idea about HIPAA. If you work with the government, then you know there's NIST and CMMC things that you have to certifications that you have to start working towards. Um, but most companies really aren't that affected by compliance. PCI, which is credit card stuff, then you are. Um, but short of that, there's there's not a whole lot you have to do. But in the medical world, going back, if, mm, yeah. if, if a medical office gets a breach, um, it's all about PHI, you know, health information. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, you know, you're getting hit by several different angles. The, the ransomware and, the, and the, the, the attempt to steal data, that's something you have to cover, and that's probably going to be expensive to recover from if you're not already working with the company. Um, but then after the fact... You're having to pay for forensic investigations because HHS is doing their own investigation. So you could be you could wind up paying more in penalties and fines th from the government than mm. than what the, the 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 hack cost you in the first place. Um, so you know, the, if I was a medical office, I would really be concerned right now about cybersecurity. Are you doing enough? Um, a lot of a lot we've got we've got some great medical offices, some practices. We've been to a few that, um, uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, it's, it's sad, but it's funny. But we, we were invited to, do, to offer a proposal to a doctor in town. Um, he was concerned about security, wasn't real happy with his current folks. So we come in, we, we explain our tool stack and whatever. We offer him our proposal and he like goes ballistic. He's like, you're no different than the hackers. Hmm. You know, why are you, you know, you're, you're charging this, you know, just kept on and on. And we're like, okay, we're probably not the right fit for you guys. But, right. But the perspectives that people have are really strange. Mm -hmm. And and as a consultant, you know, if you're working with one company and you, you go to another company, their perspective on certain things could be completely different. And and that, that's difficult as a consultant um, to, to, to try to manage that sometimes. Yeah. Hmm. No, we yeah. feel you on that. Not everyone is a great client for every consultant, That's and right. and we're not a great fit for for every client. But um, what other questions do you have? I guess could we talk about the work talk rollout, the templates? Yeah, let's together? talk about it. Cool. Well, the two of you talk about it. Yeah, so I'm super excited to work with Robbie and getting these questions because I think that again, being in the software industry, dipped my toe, um, and just even talking with you of the, that education piece, I think that it's super important to help prevent, 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 you know, yep. before um, something crazy happens. So we are all brainstorming. Shout out to Wayne Hippo as well, because he kind of made this all happen. Um, the connector. He is connector. Um, and so if anybody, all of our listeners, um, if you don't know Work Talk, it is an employee manager check-in, two-way feedback, um, real-time, real results, all that good stuff. It's an affordable solution um, to really just stay connected with your employees. Um, and that's really important to build trust and, you know, keep your team satisfied, you know. So going off of 
with Robbie here, um, we're working together to create templates for our clients to push out to their teams to make sure that they have the right education in place or make sure that their employees are aware. Um, so I, I would love for you to just touch on some of the questions. I know you sure. touched on one, but some of the questions yeah. to get their employees thinking. So kind of going back when we the, the beginning of the podcast, you know, we talked about the social engineering aspect of this and, and it's, it's about psychology and it's really important that employees know that your IT folks, your IT department can't stop every, everything. Um, so the awareness is, I think what makes sense is to figure out where that awareness is in an organization. Do, does your people, do they, do they know, do they have some inclination about why it's important? First of all, um, and then once we establish that, you know, do you feel like you can report to your boss if you if you think you may have a problem or, um, you know, do you know what a phishing attack is? Do you know the things to look for? Those are things that once we know that, then you can tailor. I mean, you could go to YouTube and do videos, put together right. YouTube videos of some training elements of that. So I think kind of getting a getting a gauge um, of where your folks are is super important to be able to customize a training that matters to them. Yeah, definitely. And what trainings, I know you touched on a few, um, are for your trainings, are you coming into, um, you know, the employer's place and kind of hosting, you know, a, a, you know, a presentation? Sure. What type, what's your trainings format? So we, we, we've done a few of those. Uh, we've done some employee, we've been invited in by a company and we've done employee trainings. We've done some organization, organizational type training or, um, you know, community organizations. Um, and we go through a couple of things. We always want to, um, we want to leave. We want the folks to leave with two or three things that they could do like that afternoon yep. or, that. or whatever to, to, to at least, you know, make some improvement. Mm -hmm. um, so we try to deliver something. Um, and then you, you it's funny, you, you ask about you know, who are these people? We kind of go into that a little bit and to try to give a perspective of why this stuff is important. It's, it's not just a bunch of, you know, guys with pocket protectors in the back room. I mean, this stuff is real. It's, it's, it impacts everybody. Um, so having some knowledge of how to protect yourself and your company is super important. So what a cool opportunity for listeners to go out, start a free trial on worktalk.com. We've got these templates that Robbie Garner from Atlanta Computer Services has actually written about cybersecurity. You can launch these talks, these these two-way surveys between your employees and their supervisors in less than five minutes from the time that you sign up for WorkTalk. Why wouldn't you do that? You should go to worktalk.com right now, um, sign up. It takes five minutes. Go look for these cybersecurity talks, launch them this afternoon. <laughs> um, and we're super happy to partner with you on this. I think it's a great idea and yeah. it's another opportunity for people to um, to use WorkTalk. So we love it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I mean, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and to work with you guys on it. It's, it's, a, it's an exciting little um, project for me and, um, you know, absolutely love the concept of um, – of getting HR involved in IT. That's great. Cool. Well, we're not going to let you off that easy because at the end of every episode, we look at um, audience write-ins. Dun, dun, dun. Uh -oh. So um, the fun part is it comes from all different perspectives. We get employees writing in. We get managers writing in. We get other HR people writing in um, and and sort of from all over. So this particular one, I, I'm gonna, I, I picked this one because um, you own a business, 
And so we know like when you employ other human beings, they write their own stories sometimes on like what's going on with the business. And so um, this person in Greensboro, North Carolina said, I have a hunch our boss is selling our company. Um, we all need new software and updates on other things in the business. I take inventory and we're getting low on items, but he doesn't want to buy anymore. So that's her or his first clue, I guess. Um, he keeps pushing it off. I'm worried he's selling the company and we will all be jobless. Um, that's a major concern I could see. Um, he's done something similar before. We were all laid off on Christmas a few years ago before his new company. Ouch. How should I handle this? Wow. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of things going down here. Um, inventory and being able to satisfy your customers is kind of like concerning, mm -hmm. right? So if you're not able to satisfy your customers, I, I would think even if I'm trying to buy this dude's business, like I'm wanting to make sure like uh, net promoter scores stay high. That's why I'm buying the business. Like, um, so that's kind of interesting. And then the second item. So we got like clients not maybe being serviced. That's an issue. Um, there, People are talking right mm -hmm. at the smoke shack or the lunch table about like, are we losing our jobs? Um, and then they've got a point of data from years ago where they were let go at the holidays, which that's nobody's dream. Right. Um, and so they're wondering how do they handle, I guess, potentially a conversation with the boss. So I I'd love to get your take on what do you think of this situation? Uh, well, I guess first I'll, I'll exp I guess I'll, I'll answer from, from an owner's perspective. Um, Man, you, you really got to establish those relationships with your folks, right? I mean, that would be a terrible environment to work in. Absolutely. Um, um, you got to have those one-on-ones. You, you got to, you know, you've got to gauge what's concerning to your to your folks. And that's a valid concern. I mean, nobody would say that wasn't a valid concern. Um, and, and then from the employee's perspective, I would say, you know, get get involved at a level beyond just what your day to day is. You know, if if you know that there's several people that have those concerns, yeah, you kind of got to figure out maybe how you can approach the boss in a non threatening way, I guess. Right. And, and, and try to get that that information that you feel like you need. Mm hmm. I would love to, if you're not watching on YouTube, I'm going to draw a giant heart around Robbie's head <laughs> with my fingers because a lot of what he said could be avoided if this boss or this owner just had a good relationship with his folks. And like when they go out for a monthly happy hour or whatever, they're like, hey, can we ask you a question? Like, are you thinking about selling the business? Right. And then the boss could say, hmm, great question. That's something I'm not prepared to talk about, but let me put my thoughts together and like get back with you guys and I promise I'll share what I can. Yeah. Or, yeah, I'm selling the business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and y'all are going to get a chance to work for the new guy. Yeah. Or, I'm not selling the business. Don't worry about it. I know we've had rough times. Um, I hate what went down at Christmas two years ago, but like that's not going to happen again. Here's the why behind why I'm not restocking the inventory. It's because we're pivoting. We're going to sell this other product. And like, but it sounds like the dude is not taking the time to explain much of anything. And and that leaves people with filling this vacuum with their own stories. Yeah. Um, and then the boss is going to be surprised that why did all this happen? You know? That's... Oh my God, everyone left. <laughs> yeah. Everyone quit. I thought they love it here. Yeah. No, you never actually asked them if they like working for you and yeah. you're probably a horrible communicator. So <laughs> go look in the mirror, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. Any comments on that? Yeah, I think the key takeaway here is people love the why and just talk, yeah. like have that relationship. And I think it goes a long way when you 
have that comfortability to have real conversations and ask the hard questions, you know? So that's a key takeaway. And like in general, if you tell your employees that, hey, this is confidential and it's internal to our company only, but like I'm going to share with you like how we did over the last couple of quarters and like what my plans are for the business and where you fit into like the growth of the company or, hey, we're having to scale back because it's too much. I like I got over my skis and like we took on too many clients and that's why inventory is low. It's lower than normal, but it's Mm -hmm. not low enough to service our current clients. Like so just kind of explaining is so helpful. Also, if you are a manager or business owner and you are selling a company, maybe like not tell your, like lay off your employees on Christmas. Can you wait the day after even that would be a little better? Like yes. on Christmas, come on. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of a tough one. Right? Yeah. How does he, how, how does he sleep at night? Yeah. I don't know. That's, this you know. guy, he needs some serious <laughs> HR help. So, uh, he probably needs it help too, to be honest. Probably. Maybe we don't want to help him. I don't know. Maybe he's not one of the ones that we want to work with. Um, any key takeaways that you want the audience to know about Robbie? No, I would just, you know, I, I would just emphasize that, that secure cybersecurity is not just a tech issue. You know, it's, it's, there's a psychological aspect to this and, you know, it's, it's, they're trying to manipulate you and it's, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but that's, that's how they do what they do. And so you gotta, you gotta figure something out to, to address that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Anything from you? I, I think he hit it right on the right on the head. Cool beans. Yeah. Where do people find you? Uh, certainly call our office. Um, we're in Wilmington, 910-799-6538, or go to our website, acs-ilm.com. Cool. Are you on social media? Uh, yeah. How about that Robbie Garner TikTok account? We need to know about it. <laughs> I'm a TikTok watcher, not a doer. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but um, uh, we, we are. Um, we, you find us on LinkedIn. Uh, we do a little bit on Facebook as well. So Good deal. Awesome. You want to tell them where to find all y'all? Yeah. LeithHRGroup.com. Um, we're on all social media platforms. I'm trying to become TikTok famous. So if you're listening, <laughs> follow LeithHR on TikTok. There's some humor. There's some good educational stuff as well. Um, and then also try out WorkTalk for free, 30 days. Um, WorkTalk.com. If you have any interest on either of LeithHR or WorkTalk, I'd be happy to chat. Gabby Plumet on LinkedIn. Awesome. Connect with me. Yeah, beautiful. Um, That's another episode of HR Nightmares. We hope you we helped some of you avoid HR Nightmares out there. Thanks, uh, Robbie Garner, for talking about cybersecurity. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks.